You know, love is, is an incredible thing, and we don't know love like we should. We always talk about, I have unconditional love. Unconditional love is, we don't even know it, because if a person stops stimulating us, we stop loving them. You're not interesting to talk to anymore. Goodbye. But that real love, that love that sometimes is difficult, <laughs> difficult to have, that's that love. And that's a confidence builder. And she said, I loved real, real hard once, but the love wasn't returned. And so for her, then I would say love has to be reciprocal. There needs to be some reciprocity. And she said she tried to keep it in her life. She cried, but she couldn't make it right. She's always engaging others. So even when she's making an autobiographical, even as she tells her story, she's inviting other people to say, okay, look at my life. Think about what I've gone through. Learn from my life so you don't make mistakes that I made, but also be inspired by my life. In addition to appreciation, or affirmation, admiration that adds to her understanding of love. An understanding of love that included the most beautiful parts of love, but also the confusion, pain, and loss that sometimes comes with love. It seems all the more obvious why, even throughout miseducation, Lauren wanted to explore how we view love. I'm Crystal Roberts. I'm Matt Linder. This is Flickers. Clef done broke Lauren Hill heart. Everybody has baggage, but there was love. Love, it ain't working. You get this beautiful moment where I like what's all the interludes in that album, right? Where he's like kids in school and he's asking them, he's like writing love on the board and have them spelled out. And it's like, what does love mean to you? He's asking a group of young men and young women these questions and whatnot. Definitely is exploring things of a young person who is either in love or thinks they're in love and has their struggles and their challenges within that. So that first interlude comes at the end of the opening track, Lost Ones, expressing her anger and prior to X Factor, where she expresses her grief. There's an interesting relationship between these two songs that illustrates those challenges when love is not unconditional. As Eric House will explain, Lauren told the story of love, or better, the real and sometimes messy story of being in love. I think the song that still to this day sticks with me is X Factor. I really love in the album how after Lost Ones, you know, it's, Lost Ones is this diss track essentially where she's, you know, kind of re re reclaiming her identity and her agency within this space and, and basically saying like, you might win some, but you just lost one. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm not playing around with you no more. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. You might win some, but you just lost one. And so you think you're going to get this, like, you know, beautiful ballad about love, but instead you get this track about heartbreak. And this is actually a song that I teach often when you're talking about emotional appeals, because... For one, I think the lyrics by themselves, you know, just this, this constant 
plea and search for reciprocity, getting to the point where you know, the, the refrain at the end when she's like, you know, re- repeating these things like, you said you care for me, you said you die for me, why won't you live for me? The repetition of that is, is very powerful. I think that one is just, to me, just an image of emotion. Even if you don't feel those, even if you're not going through those same things that she's going through in the song, you feel everything she's saying with the ways that the lyrics are structured. When I, when I teach X Factor specifically, for I teach it so that we can like get a sense of how one communicates very complicated, very complex emotions. Love being a big one in this one, right? Because like I said, we have the buildup with the class when they're learning about love. And I, I really love how that's the setup because it suggests that if the song is a reflection of the interlude that comes before it, which a lot of artists do, right? You, you assume that the skits or the interludes or whatever in some way might connect to either the track that came before or the track that came after. In this case, it could be both. You're, you're just coming off of a diss song, which, which you know, the, the, the story goes that Lost Ones is kind of talking about Wyclef, right? Then Lost Ones was, everyone believes, was a shot at you. Hmm. Was it a shot at you? I, I wouldn't know that. I think that y'all would have to interview Lauren Hill and, and, and ask her, was that a shot at me? In one way, you're, you're talking about this diss track that's talking about the ending of a relationship and how she's kind of finding this agency moving forward, which we'll get to later. But then I really just appreciate how you're transiting to this next song where it's showing much, much more vulnerability. I mean, the, the first line in that song is something that I'm, just by itself, you're just like, oh, we're about to get into something, right? It could all be so simple, but you rather make it hard. We're already, like, she's already hailing us into her frustration with that first line. It could all be so simple. It could be, but you'd rather make it hard. So once again, I, I always start off, start off with the lyrics because I think the lyrics in this song tells a specific story. Heartbreaking and beautiful. So you, you can always just say, but you rather make it hard. Loving you is like a battle. Loving you is like a battle. And we both end up So once again, you get, you're getting very vivid imagery of like, you know, the, 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 the simile used in that part, right? Loving you is like a battle. And we both end up with scars. Simile blended with metaphors, a little bit going on there. And then I think the part, I don't, I don't know, I guess in musical terms, I wouldn't call it a bridge per se because it, it's repeated. It's kind of like a refrain repeated in, in two different verses, which is just tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity. No one's loved you more than me and no one ever will. parts are like kind of repeated. So I think the first part of the of, of that verse sets up a very specific situation. But then I love how, tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity. 
no one else has loved you more than me. No one ever will. And then she says it again in the second part, just really emphasizes the, the strength of that, of those words and the confusion within those words, maybe some like hopelessness, helplessness within those words. Again, all of this is framed under a conversation about love, right? Where I feel like that's not the story of love that we're taught. And which is why I think it's a beautiful part about the miseducation. It's like we need to unlearn some of these terms that, that are taught to us because they are so much more complex than we give them credit for. And in this case, this is like, let's, let's really talk about how love might look sometimes. I mean, this might not be like the, the real love, right? I mean, but I think it's, it's important to say because especially for someone who is much more impressionable like my younger self, it's easy to kind of fall into the, fall into these traps. But like, I think that if we don't communicate them effectively, communicate those emotions effectively, then I don't know. Like, I, I think once again, it gets to the purpose of the miseducation. Like let, let's learn how complicated it is so that we, we know going forward. And so I think that's why the second verse is so powerful. So it starts off with, I, I keep letting you back. Yeah, I keep letting you back in. How do I explain I myself? Explain myself. So we're now we're starting to get some like deep reflection and like she, we, we see her working through the other side of that. So the, at first we get like we're presented with like, I don't want to call it an ignorance, but maybe like a blissful, you're confused, you're hurt, but you're like, why can't you just be better? And then now we're getting, now we're getting to the shift of like, why do I keep doing this? You know what I'm saying? Painful as this thing can be, I just can't be with no one else. And then like, so we're now we're getting some of the possibilities of it. But in, in like the same melody that she says, tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity, we get, I know what we, we got to do. You let go and I'll let go too. Because no one's hurt me more than you. First part is repeated twice and you're like, she just wants some reciprocity because no one loves you more than her. And now you're like, yeah, let's just not talk to each other no more because you hurt me more than anyone will ever hurt me. And that's a hard lesson about love I had to learn. I think once again, when, when you see the, I, I call it a story, right? When, when you see the story that those lyrics play, it presents you with, you know, this very tangible, even if you've never been through this sort of situation, you're like, you're, you're empathizing at this point. Where you're like, damn, I, I feel like the, the repetition got me. The way she's singing, it got me. The way she narrates the impossibility of it all, I think is beautiful. The way she talks about hopelessness is, I, I think is beautiful, which sounds weird to say, but, but once again, I think this song touches on some complexities of love that not a lot of people are willing to like go down. And it may, it may be even admit, right? A lot of people that I know have been in kind of hopeless situations like this. I, I don't want to like say a general everybody, but I, I know specific people who've been in situations like this. I mean, I think 
the, the beautiful thing of it, as much as it hurts, the beautiful thing of it is like how she is what she's reflecting in that second verse that I let go, you let go because you've hurt me more than anyone's ever hurt me in. And no one's ever going to hurt me this way again. You're hoping. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, so then once again, you, you get the chorus and then now you're starting to get a little more guitar in there, which is just the, the way the guitar is played in that song. It's just the, the electric guitar. It's, it's not front and center, but I think it, it provides like an echo of sorts to really drive a lot of those emotions home. And then my favorite part, the, the refrain at the end, the care for me, care for me. I know you care for me. Like that part, the way she repeats it. Whew, I think that refrain, it, you, you don't get, you don't get the same realize, you don't get the same, I guess, growth that you get in the second verse. It's, it's kind of jumping back to the first a little bit where she's like sitting through some of this pain. I think the way it's repeated and like at first it's just like everything else is dropping. It's just the drums. then as the refrain goes on then you're starting to add more instrumentation and like it's the energy going and then you have the background singers like singing the first word of each line it's, it's, it's like it's a, it's a moment right i don't know i don't know how else to explain it But when I talk about it in class, it's like, if we're going to think of this song as like a story with plots and all that stuff, some might say the climax is when the, the, when she's hitting that note and I know what we got to do. But to me, I think that's still kind of rising a little bit, right? It might be a little bump, but it's still kind of rising. And you're getting to this moment where the refrains really get to that. And I think at the end, the last thing she says is, you said you died for me. And then you kind of get the singing out until you get into the outro. I really think that the way that's, to me, that song's a masterpiece because I think even if, like I said before, even if you've never been through this sort of situation, the way she presents heartbreak as a way to talk about love in this way gives us a definition that's very real and gives us a definition that I think complicates any of these like fairy tale stories that, I mean, and if people have those fairy tale stories, shout out to you, but you, you still can empathize with what she's going through in that song specifically. That's how I approach that song is you know, when you're talking about rhetorical appeals, emotional appeals, there are a lot of ways in which this song is, you can just look, you can just look and listen to the instrumentation by itself and the heavy use of bass, drums, not a, not a lot of like high energies, a slow, steady tempo, and then match that with the story the lyrics are telling and you're really getting at how emotion is so complicated and complex and is a great appeal, great 
seeing that we should always try to communicate in very complex ways. Yeah, so what was interesting about what Eric explained there is how Lauren expressed her miseducation when it came to what love really was. There was sort of a expectation, it seems, and through the course of a real relationship, it got redefined for her. And throughout those couple of songs, and I'm sure throughout the entire album, she sort of redefined what love is and showed what it really looks like when you're in love. And I thought what was really sort of profound is the negotiation that goes on in love often. We heard it a lot in X Factor. You know, there's this feeling of, you know, will you please just do this because you want this relationship so bad. So you're sort of negotiating with your partner, trying to get it to work, wanting it to work. Then there's the you know, almost the grieving process that you go through, right? So on the lost ones, you know, you're feeling yourself a little bit. You're big and bad. You don't care. You got things under control. You know, you're sort of going Mm -hmm. off. And by the time we get to X Factor, you know, all those defenses are broken down. And we're sort of seeing the real vulnerability and even desperation of being on the brink of losing love. And right. I just thought Eric did a wonderful job in just sort of explaining that and going through each of those songs. And I think if you've ever been in love, you know that, you know that feeling, you know those different places that you find yourself when love doesn't work out the way you wanted it to. So that was really powerful to me. Yeah. And I thought it was super fascinating how he talked about how Lauren set you up with lost ones and the anger, how pissed off she is. <laughs> and then there's that, that interlude where it's in the classroom and they're talking about love and thinking about, you know, romantic love and everything like that. And then you expect that the song is going to be like this super gushy. You expect like this is going to be the song with her and D'Angelo, <laughs> the next song, you know, but it's not. It's, the heartbreak song and how messy and complex and difficult love can be. And it's just a surprising, surprising turn as you go through this album. Like she's not going to give you what you're expecting. And it's happens right from that transition from that first song to X factor. Eric pointed out the hopelessness and helplessness of her repeating that line. Tell me who I have to be to get some reciprocity see no one loves you more than me and no one ever will yeah and how she does that in the first verse and then she does it again in the second verse and how powerful that is she's just pleading like what do i have to do to get some of your love back right to me that i'm giving you i'm giving you all this love but i'm not receiving that in return and that's just like Man, <laughs> like in my own life, there's a, times in my dating life before I was married, being in similar places and how just frustrating and heartbroken you feel all the time when you're in that place that you're giving all this love, but you're not experiencing that same love back. Right. It was super cool the way that Eric pointed out the way the music works with the lyrics, that same melody that she's saying during that portion for reciprocity 
is also the portion that says, I know what we got to do. You've got to, you let go and I'll let go too. Yeah. Using that same melody, it's like she's worked through that. She's come to a different place and saying, even though I want this really badly, we have to move on and we have to let go of this love. I thought that was a very astute observation that she was using the same melody. It's like, no, I'm recapturing this. I'm redefining this and taking that pain and reusing it in a way that'll be good for me, but also good for you because we can't continue to go on like this anymore. Yeah. Yeah. In addition to what Eric was pointing out with the music and its relation to lyrics, I think it's super fascinating that at the end of X Factor, you have this outro with a guitar solo and it's Santana playing guitar. And the next song after this is To Zion. And foreshadowing the unconditional love that she has for her child out of this heartbreak, this fractured, conditional love that she experienced in this relationship. That out of that, she is finding a way to experience unconditional love in a way that probably listeners aren't expecting because hmm. generally you know you think oh here's an album this is about love that interlude kind of sets you up like oh hey this is going to be about romantic love and she says no this is about the complexities and difficulties of love and love does always work out but here's another type of love and we're going to explore that and explore that type of love that you have for your own children cool how she's pre-planned that and had Santana at the end of X Factor saying like, there's a light at the end of this. I don't know. I just super cool. The way she's just so meticulous about all her musical choices as well as her lyrical choices that the music just as much communicates her thoughts and her feelings and emotions. Absolutely. Absolutely. You bring up a good point about the surprising emotional jump from Lost Ones to X Factor and then eventually getting into Zion. And I think, I don't know if this was purposeful. It seems like it would, seeing how meticulous Lauren is. But just that process, that is a process that we all go through. You know, like you said, the Mm -hmm. anger to the heartbreak. And then there's that light at the end of the tunnel. There's a beautiful side of love that I think you know, Lauren has expressed in her music. And then there is this where, like you said, the complexity of love and all the different layers to it. But there's a third part of love where you have to love yourself enough to get out of it. You know what I mean? Mm, Right. Like I said earlier, you know, there's a negotiation that goes on. And if you notice, she said, you let go and then I'll let go too. To me, that's an expression of like, I'm not quite ready. I need you to do it, like almost to release Mm -hmm. me. But in reality, Lauren released herself. And as she sort of came into this self-love, I would say through the 
pregnancy and the birth of Zion, she discovered that deeper love that we talked about previously. While there is the beautiful love, the heartbreaking love, there is that love of self that I think emancipates you in general so that you can experience all of the layers of love. Because sometimes you can love and you can fall into a very bad place, a dark side, you know, of love. You never want to expose yourself or make yourself vulnerable to it again. But I think that self-love has sort of propelled her to having the type of healthy love that she knew of when she was younger, but just with more experience and more understanding. You know, we all bring baggage to every situation, every relationship. But the good part is that, you know, when you find someone that you think you have something in common with, you recognize the bags. You know, you're like, oh, that's that's Samsonite. I got that. That's a toiletry bag. You put a toothbrush in there. Uh But but when I met my fiance, I had my little travel kit. And he had like U-Hauls. And I was like, whoa! I was like, what goes in there? You, and, and you know, I'm gonna be very honest, very intimidated. And you couldn't have found two people who, you know, were, were, were more, who, who, we were just incompatible, but, we, but there was love. You know, we loved each other. And I was like, why do I love this man who, who talks, eh? That's how he talks. And this Jamaican pastor, wah, 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 you know. And I was just like, what is, what is this? But, but you know, God brought us together and God worked it out. And um, I'm just, uh, love, I tell you, love is that confidence. Flickers is produced, edited, and scripted by me, Crystal Roberts, and me, Matt Linder. Engineering, mixing, and sound design by Matt Linder. Theme music by Julius Tunstall. Cover art by Paper Cut Prayers. Additional music from Yawns and Nabosioni. Please take a moment to hit that share button and text it to your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, and your best friend. After this episode ends, head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods, and let us know in a review what your ex taught you about love. We'll be back next week with The Spirit of Freedom. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.